This morning we are looking at Revelation 18. I encourage you to open your Bibles to Revelation 18. As you turn your Bibles there, have you considered that when major hurricanes uh, threaten to hit the, uh, the coastlands uh, of various states in our country, uh, the governor of that state typically issues a warning to all the residents in the cities that are around the areas where the hurricane is supposed to hit land. Uh, why does he do that? Uh, because the weather forecasters know that if the hurricane has any significant proportions, it can cause the kind of damages, the kind of weighty destructions that could even put human life at peril. So governors of states have the authority to issue what is called an evacuation order. Uh, the, even the, the highways uh, change so that the direction of the traffic goes all in one direction. Both directions change so that both highways uh, end up being leaving or directed to leave the city. Why? Because there are so many people who are supposed to evacuate and you want to put no obstacles in people's minds and people's uh, ways so that they can get out of the region to be able to save their lives from uh, imminent danger. There's a, an even more important evacuation call that we see in the Bible. It's not the evacuation call that governors may give um, to ask residents to leave a, a particular place. It's an evacuation call that God gives to his people. And it's an evacuation that we read about in Revelation chapter 18. And the big question will be, Will anyone listen to this evacuation call? Will anyone listen when, when God declares and says, come out of the great city? Let's look at God's word this morning, Revelation 18. If you don't have a Bible, we encourage you to find one of the pew Bibles uh, provided in the chairs in front of you. You may find this passage on page number uh, 1038. Here is God's word for us this morning. Revelation 18. I'll be reading from verse 1 to Revelation 19, verse 4. This is God's word. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven. And God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself paid back others. And repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen. I am no widow and mourning I shall never see. For this reason, her plagues 
will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. And the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore, cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots and slaves, that is, human souls. The fruit of which your soul longed has gone from you. And all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these waters who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. For in a single hour all this wealth has been laid waste. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all who trade, whose trade is on the sea, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth. For in a single hour, she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon the great, the great city, be thrown down with violence, and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters, will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill which be heard in you no more will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth. And all nations were deceived by your sorcery, and in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on earth. After this I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just. For He has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her emerge goes up forever and ever. 
and the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the word of the Lord for our hearts. Would you join me in prayer, asking God to bless the preaching of his word? Father, Father, would you speak to our hearts in a way that our hearts would be drawn to you, in a way that our hearts would be built up with discernment, built up with the warnings that you give us in your word and seeing the beauty of, of your judgments. Father, help us to heed well the call you give us in this passage in a way that would lead us to respond, in a way that would lead us to rejoice. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Last week we saw how God announced the judgment of the great city Babylon. In that chapter, in chapter 17, God portrayed this city as the, the great prostitute. When we get to chapter 18, the picture of Babylon focuses on on, on her, on Babylon, as, as a city, as, as the life of a city. In chapter 17, God gave us a preview of the destruction of the city. In chapter 18, we get a slow motion view of what Babylon will become. And in light of that, in light of the warning, in light of the description of his, her coming judgment, God issues an evacuation call. God issues a call for his people to, to get out of the great city. It's, it's like an evacuation order. So the title of this message this morning is, Come Out of the Great City. If you like taking notes, we'll be looking at three points. And these points will be reasons why the call is given. Reasons why the call is given. Point number two, motivations to help us heed the call. Motivations to help us heed the call. And finally, the right heart posture for that call. The right heart posture for that call. Let's look at these three points and consider the call that God gives. The reasons why God gives a call. We find this in verse 1 already. We find out that an angel uh, from heaven comes to announce an important message. And this message makes sense in light of in the last verse of chapter 17, chapter 17 closed with a picture of the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. But in chapter 18, the angel that comes down from heaven declares a message, and that message is given in verse 2. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. Did you notice the repetition in this verse? The haunt, the haunt, the haunt. Um, this word can be interpreted in a number of ways. It's, it can be interpreted as through the word prison. In other words, instead of con continuing the influence uh, over the kingdoms of the world, the city of Babylon, this great city, instead of continuing to be the attraction center of the world, the destruction of this city is described through a picture of a prison. A prison is the last place anyone would like to go to. But notice, who are the inmates of this prison? It's not only the dwelling place of demons, but every unclean spirit, every unclean bird, every unclean and detestable beast will 
not, will be found in this, in this prison. This is the exact opposite of what the New Jerusalem is presented in later in Revelation. In the New Jerusalem, we will be told that nothing unclean will be allowed to enter it. But here, Babylon becomes like a prison, like the dwelling place of every unclean creature that inhabits, inhabits the earth. The contrast is exceedingly great. From a city of world dominion that attracted all the affluence of the world, that attracted all the, the, the power of the world, the kings of the world, this place becomes like a haunt, like a prison, keeping in, watching over all the unclean creatures of the earth. But the picture of the destruction of Babylon doesn't stop We're just with this picture of, of, of a prison. At the end of the chapter, at the end of chapter 18, the angel, another angel comes and he does something very special. He, he offers a, an, a symbolic enactment. A symbolic enactment is like an action who has significance. It has symbolism in it. Just like when we baptize someone who, who, who professes faith and, 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 and repentance, we baptize them. It's a symbolic act that communicates a message. In a similar way, the, the, what the angel will do here is a symbolic act. He takes a big stone. We find out, look at verse 21, that a mighty angel took a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. What's the symbolism of this picture? What's the significance of it? A millstone thrown into the sea is a picture of making something disappear without any trace of it and without any hope of bringing it back. You throw a big stone, like a millstone, into the sea, and it's gone. And after a few waves that move around, the sea will have no trace of ever anything falling into it. It's gone. The message of this picture for Babylon's destruction is that Babylon's destruction will be such like the throwing of a millstone into the sea. The verses 22 and 23 unpack the message for us. The angel explains its significance. Notice what words are repeated in verse 22 and 23. Look at these verses. Notice what words are repeated. Two words. No more. No more. Six times we see the words no more mentioned in these verses. In verse 22, the sound of various musicians will be heard in the city no more. Uh, the sound of any craftsman, of any crafts, will be found in the city no more. The sound of the mill, which by the way, that was the, the sort of main industry. Having a mill meant that there are people living in that place. There's people who are able to provide food for themselves, grain, and be able to live their livelihood depended on, on the food industry. So to say that there's no more mill, it's like saying there's no more food industry in the city. It'll be found no more. And then if we keep looking, we also see in verse 23, the light, the light of the lamp will shine no more in the city. And even the voice of celebration, such as, such as marriages, will be heard in the city no more. What's the point of these, of the, of these repetitions? 
the life of the city of Babylon will no longer be found in the city. No trace of the city will be found and no hope of it ever being brought back. Now, many Bible interpreters consider that Babylon in this chapter is referring to the city of Rome in the first century and that somehow this chapter is, is written to predict the fall of Rome. Now, it is possible that one application of the fall of Babylon described here could, could, could anticipate the fall of, of Rome at some point. Um, but it's fairly clear that we should not limit the name Babylon only to apply to the city of Rome in the first century. The, in Revelation, the name Babylon refers to the city of the kingdom of the beast. And that city is manifested throughout many, through many cities and in various ways throughout the history of humanity. Friends, Babylon in this chapter represents the alternative option to the city of the New Jerusalem. Living for the city of this world is often more tempting because the city of this world offers us immediate benefits. And there, its benefits are very tangible. But here we have two pictures of what Babylon will become. A prison and a city to be found no more. All her prior influence, all her abundant life on this earth, the, the pleasures she has facilitated and induced will all be gone. Even though it enjoyed worldwide influence, it will perish. Friend, when you look at this world or when you look at your own world, are there any parts of it that seem to you unlikely to fail? Uh, parts in your life or parts in this world that you just think, no, that will never go down. I grew up in Romania, and while I was little, communism was still around and had dominion over many countries, not just Romania, but, but other, par other countries in the Eastern European uh, continent. I remember my parents' generation recollecting how the impression of, of the entire society at that time was that the communist regime could never come down. It was so powerful. It seemed so invincible that no one dared to hope or believe that it could be brought down. And yet, the late 1980s came, and the communist regime crumbled. What about us today? Is there anything about our world today that seems invincible in our eyes? Perhaps it's a particular government structure that you think this thing will never go down, or this, this thing should never go down. Well, friends, there's no thing in our society, in our world that we can hold on to uh, that will never, ever go down. It will go down. The city of this world, which lures our hearts away from the city of God, will crumble down and perish. This is the, the point of these two pictures that we see at the beginning of chapter 18 and at the end of chapter 18. Now, both pictures of, of destruction are followed by a list of reasons why the decree of doom has been issued. Let's look at each of these reasons. So by the way, this chapter is filled with reasons. We're going to look at verse 3 and then verse 21 to 23 um, and see some of these reasons. The first explanation why the doom is issued, look at verse 3. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passions of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have, gone, have grown rich from the power of her 
luxurious living. In other words, Babylon's influence is a corrupting influence. It is described as offering the earth the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. We have seen last week that this language is, is not limited only to the physical act of sexual immorality, but it's also a picture that describes unfaithfulness to God in whatever shapes that may take. In other words, Babylon's corrupting influence is like drinking a wine that gets people drunk. And the wine is a wine of passions. It is a wine of rebellion against God. It's a wine of, of living life with you at the center. And the more one drinks of that wine, the less sober one becomes. Early in Revelation 14, uh, the angel commanded all the people of the earth to fear God and give Him glory. But instead of that, Babylon has made the nations of the earth and their kings to be drunk with her passions. Friends, is it possible that any of us could be drunk with the passions of the city of this world? Is it possible that the passions and the values and the priorities of, of this society, of this world, have so influenced us that we are like drunk with them and we need to be refueled with them and we live for them? Is it possible that some of us may be so intoxicated by these values that the things of God seem strange and very awkward to us? Babylon's doom is decreed because she has had such a corrupting influence that it makes the nations drunk with her passion so that those passions seem to be the normal thing to live for. And anything other than that seems awkward and weird. There's another indictment against Babylon in verse 3. It's the merchants of the earth. Look at verse 3 again. The merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Here we are introduced to a new nuance that we haven't seen very often yet in, Babel, in, in Revelation. And, and here it's emphasized. It's this focus on the merchants of the earth. In other words, Babylon's corruption upon the earth comes through the offer of wealth and material enha enhancements. Now, let me be clear. While wealth and material blessings is not a sin in and of themselves, this chapter warns us that Babylon uses the pursuit of wealth as a corrupting influence. In this chapter, those who desire to pursue wealth have done so by prostituting themselves with Babylon. We see more explanations of, of Babylon's guilt at the end of the chapter. Look at verse 23. Again, the, the merchants are being brought back in, into this picture. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth. And all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on earth. In this verse, we find more indictments of, of, against Babylon. We find out that she used sorcery to deceive the nations. In other words, the false reality that Babylon has tried to paint before the kings and before the nations, that false reality that she tried to promote has been carried out by demonic powers. Deception has been the strategy of the unholy trinity, as we have seen in Revelation 12 and 13. And now we find, see clearly that the city of the unholy trinity uses the same strategy. It deceives entire nations into following her acts of unfaithfulness. Friends, be aware of the immense power of deception 
that this great city Babylon has and is able to exert upon the nations. If the great city of Babylon is able to deceive even kings and entire nations, then anyone is able to fall for her deceptive schemes. But I wonder if you and I are vigilant and even suspicious of the ways that the city of this world can lure us to paint for us a false reality that holds true in the immediate but is not ultimately true in the ultimate experience. Part of why we encourage one another to live here as members of this church, to live in accountability relationships. Part of why even membership in a local church means a commitment to accountability is because any of us can fall for the, for the lures, for the deceptive enticements of the city of this, of this world. And we want to encourage one, one another. We want to we want to expose the various snares before one another. We want to keep one another accountable. Friends, if, if you've never considered committing to a life of a local church, I want to encourage you to consider doing so for one, for one reason that we see in this chapter, to commit to accountability with other brothers and sisters who get to know you, who get to see your way of life, and you get to see theirs. And this way, you can hold and link arms, hold arms together against the deceptive schemes of the Babylon of this world. 